Welcome to Miked Up with Mid-Major Media, hosted by Robbie Scharf, your podcast home for all the latest news and analysis in 4A through 2A Oregon high school sports. Hey, everybody. This is Robbie Scharf with Mid-Major Media. This is the first episode of Miked Up with Mid-Major Media, and today we're going to be talking with Luke Roth, who's also part of our group, and just talk our most recent top tens in football. Uh, I wanted to run my thought process past him a couple times on a couple different fronts and see if I can get him to disagree with me on anything. Uh, we we ended up going off the rails a couple times, as you'll see, but our football top tens are the main focus of this episode. The reason we started this podcast is pretty simple. Not every topic can be fully vetted in a tweet or an Instagram post or even an article on our website. Sometimes you just got to actually talk about things verbally, uh, and that's what we're hoping this podcast can be. Uh, How often are we going to be making these? Not entirely sure at this point, uh, but we wanted to get the ball rolling here. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Luke, and we're just going to jump straight into our conversation with our 4A Top 10. Um, okay, so really no, you know, no conflict here. Number one, you got Marshfield. Duh. Um, Cascade at two still. Yep. Um, Estacade at three. Okay. I, I think that's, I think that's fair to say at this point. Uh, Marist at four. Yep. Uh, Mazama five. I, I don't think, you know, losing the Cascade by the margin that they did is, you know, indicative of them moving up or down. I think staying at five is pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, Legrand at, at six. I think you go a lot of different ways with six, but I think Legrand at six is probably most accurate at this point. Yeah, big game against Estacada too. That, I know it's, <laughs> it's well. It's always hard to tell in Eastern Oregon who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. So the fact that they're playing someone from West really will give us a an idea who's not only good for three A with like Vale playing Legrand, but like at the four A level if Legrand's like legit or not, so to say. Well, it's not even it's not even that the East is hard to hard to project. It's that the East, you know, really, really often in non-league play just doesn't play Oregon teams. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like, you know, they're playing Marist and you can cross check with what Marist does on film against what Legrand does against whoever. It's it's you know like like Legrand opened with McLaughlin. Well, McLaughlin plays plays some Oregon schools, but it's you know, seventy to zero, it's kinda hard to tell at a certain point just how good somebody is because of what McLaughlin is. Absolutely. Beating Vale 37 to 12 is something because of what Vale is on film. Estacada has paid, has played a pretty good non-league schedule. So that's going to be a tell all game for probably both. Oh no, I absolutely agree. But I mean, you know, but looking at directly who's behind them with, you know, Banks at seven at Seaside at eight, you know, Banks did not fare well against Estacada. That game was, you know, decided handily. Yeah. And so I just don't. And quickly too. And fairly quickly, I don't think it's that controversial of a pick to put Legrand at six. Um, and it's not an indictment on Banks to put him at seven, but you know, Legrand just just looks better. Yeah. Um, seaside at eight, you could make an argument for putting them ahead of Banks. Um, you could, and well, Banks is going to have a big, big game this week, so that's going to be interesting to see because with Estacade and Rainier running almost the same system, it's going to be interesting to see how Banks has maybe game plan to change that because you got to think they're going to face Estacada later on if they want to win this thing. Well, well, it's not necessarily the same system, but it's, it's similar. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're trying to run down your throat. It's just being run in different ways. I'd say Estacada is closer to Mazama than they are Rainier. Yeah. Even though though Estacada does run, you know, option, it's not, you know, excuse me, even though they do run diesel in situations, it's not, they're go to cleanly. <laughs> yeah. Rainier diesel sometimes, but you know, they're, they're kind of the marriage between Mazama and Rainier, but um, you know, it is, they're going to be, Rainier's going to be attacking the same points as Estacada did. And so that's where the cross is there. Well, yeah. And you, you got to think when Rainier's watching film that their eyes are probably going to light up when they see some of the stuff that Estacada was able to do. So it'll be interesting to see how they game plan. Rainier should be able to move the ball. I, I think that's a, pretty fair statement at this point. I don't, I don't think that's going to be a low scoring game. I think the biggest question honestly is can Rainier end the bank's curse away <laughs> teams just haven't been able to win at banks. Well, it, it, it is weird to think that if someone that if Rainier does do it, it's going to happen at the hands of a three, a team. Oh yeah. Especially with how many teams have come in there in the last few years that have been very talented and lost. 
I mean, I always go back to that one versus 16 matchup when, when they played Marshfield at home and, and Marshfield was a top 10 team in the state without any question. They were the 16 seed because they had some early season losses and that was like a one score game the entire time. And, and we were wondering if, if the streak was going to come to an end to a 16 seed, but, but it's, it, you know, it's just game after game, you know, matchup after matchup. It seems they always have a top two top three uh, team come into their stadium early, early in the season, you know, two years ago was Gladstone. Um, but, but it's just, it, it would be so weird to see it happen at the hands of Rainier. True. Another interesting thing that may happen is um, Rainier hasn't really faced anyone who can stop them so far. So it's going to be a question of how will they react? Cause Banks obviously has the best defense that they'll face probably this season. And the question is, um, how will they react and respond when they are maybe put up against the wall and stuffed on a fourth down attempt or well on a big drive? Yeah, I mean, and we're kind of getting off topic a little bit here when talking about Rainier, but I mean, if they beat Banks, they're not going to lose a game. Oh, no. I mean, they're not going to be probably even contested until they get to the state semifinals. Oh, absolutely. We, we're hand in hand on that. But but anyway, going back to back to the 4A rankings, I mean, the reason, the, the argument could be made to put Seaside above Banks and the triangulation there is, you know, Seaside did do better against Estacada than Banks did. Um, you know, they put up an extra touchdown uh, to what Banks did not. It was, you know, 14 points for Seaside versus seven for Banks. But, you know, the film didn't look all that much different in terms of result. You know, Estacada still moved the ball pretty well. You know, there were moments where they buckled on defense, but it, it really overall, there wasn't a whole lot of difference. Um, it was just Seaside was attacking them differently than Banks did. You know, Seaside's a wing T team, and Banks is <laughs> Banks is very much not. Um, so I mean, it, well, the thing the thing is for me looking at it is it's really hard to consider putting Seaside over with the the way they've scheduled out this season. I mean, their strength of schedule is so far behind what Banks is. Banks is looking to compete with a team week in and week out. And unfortunately for Seaside, the North Marians, Newports, and Malalas of the world aren't what Banks is like, like who Banks is putting themselves up against. So it's really, it's really hard to tell also when they've only played one good game or one good team like Estacada and Banks in week in, week out is challenging themselves and getting better. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what we talk about with sometimes the film is so bad, you can't really get a whole lot out of it. You know, North yeah. Marion and Newport, you know, 2019, you know, 2018, that would have been a great non-conference schedule. Um, oh, yeah. But in 2021, that's that's just, you know, nothing, nothing against North Marion or Newport, but they're just not there. You know, when we're talking about top tens here, they're not even close. And, yeah. you know, again, it's it's nothing against the communities of Newport or North Marion or the schools they're in, but it's just... It's, it's just a different animal. And so, yeah. you know, when you look at someone like Seaside, they look the part, you know, they look like they could be the seventh or sixth best team in the state, maybe even higher than that. But, but it's just so hard to say that definitively. And that's why Banks gets the, gets the nod there. In a week from now, yeah, you could have Banks and Seaside flipped easy. Um, but that's just for the time being, they got to be seven and eight and Banks has to be ahead. Yeah, no, and I, and I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, nine is Henley. Um, honestly, the more I see of Henley, the more I like them. Um, early in the season, I didn't think they were going to be much, um, but they quite clearly, I undersold them. Um, I, you know, I might be crazy for thinking they're going to be able to compete with Mazama like really well. Um, you know, if you're asking me to pick that Henley versus Hidden Valley game, I'm picking Henley right now by probably two touchdowns. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they can compete with Mazama to the very bitter end. You know, Henley, um, Henley there's always this one team in every classification that goes on the road in the first or second round and pulls off an upset that absolutely nobody picked. Yeah. And, and I'm just getting this really weird gut feeling that Henley might be that squad right now. That's if they even have to go on the road, though. I mean, the way their schedule is shaping up to be, if they beat Mazama, they could very well go undefeated. Well, if they beat Mazama, they're going to get that number one spot in their league. Yeah. Assuming they beat Hidden Valley, so they will get a home game anyway. But assuming they lose to Mazama, but I mean, they're, you know, they're probably going to go eight and one. Um, oh, yeah. But if they do end up the nine or the 10 and they end up on the road at a at a Banks or, you know, a, a maybe a Seaside 
yeah, absolutely. They can win that game. And then in the second round, if they end up playing someone like a, like a, you know, someone that can't necessarily match their, their space, their speed and space, you know, maybe they do make a surprise run into the semifinals. Henley is a weird squad right now. You know, they, they are that team that you can't, you can't count out. You're not going to bet on, but you can't cut them out right now. And that, that's, that's the perfect spot for a team to have at nine, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, especially with them, with Mazama game being a rivalry game, anything can happen. Like it's weird stuff can happen in rivalry games. We've seen it many, many times. So it's, it's almost just not your typical game. I mean, this is, it's the league playoff game with five games left. So it'll be interesting to see how both teams set up for that. I mean, week nine is always your worst week for predictions, which, you know, so I'm already anticipating that's going to go some way. We don't expect it, but yeah. I, Gladstone at 10, you know, you could make an argument to keep Hidden Valley here, even with the loss to, to, um, to Banks. Um, you know, Gladstone did some stuff that I like when I watched that game against Marist. Um, you know, I don't think they're, I like where they're going with Gladstone. I like where they're headed. I just don't think this is the year that they make a playoff run at all. You know, I, I think a year from now, two years from now, they could be a real contender. But I think it's just 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 watching right now. I'm just not sure. I, I don't I don't really see it. Um, you know, Maris is a top three team or you know top four team for us right now. Um, and I understand that four versus ten, you expect that to be a little lopsided. Um, but it was in most phases just complete domination. You know, Gladstone right. did some stuff that was really nice, but it, it's it, it's just one of those things that they're, they're a top ten team in the state. You know, talent-wise and coaching-wise, they're a top-10 team, and they'll give someone a really stiff challenge in the playoffs. Like, if they end up going to Banks and playing Banks again, I have no doubt that they'll give them a challenge again. But I, I don't see them going past the second round of the playoffs right now. I wish I could say otherwise. But I, I think they're the perfect team to have at 10 right here because they're they're the known commodity between Woodburn and Hidden Valley right now, who are the, who are the teams that we have in, in the considered category. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you on that. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Woodburn, Woodburn does some stuff on film that I really like. Um, Tomas Valise is <laughs> he's really fun to watch. Um, and, and obviously Nate Vidlack uh, down at Hidden Valley is fun to watch. But that's I, – honestly, I don't really have a whole lot of problems with, the, with our 4A top 10 right now. It's, it's really solidifying, which is what you want in week four. Um, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of movement from here on out. I, I don't see anyone skyrocketing to the top or absolutely falling out at this point. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I completely agree. <sighs> 3A. 3A. You're, you're not going to like this. All right. You're, I did some wonky stuff. All right. Not wonky that's going to get me in trouble wonky, but wonky in the, in the sense that I don't have enough film to go off of. Okay. So 3A. 3A is... 4A, I feel like we have a lot of solidification going on. I feel like there's a lot of concrete stuff that we can move off of. 3A, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I honestly think watching film Rainier and Sayusla are the best two teams in the state right now. So I have them at one and two, um, which is where we had them last week. The, the top four hasn't changed. So it's Rainier, Sayusla, Cascade Christian, and Sandium Christian. That's the top four. They haven't changed since last week. Cascade Christian... Just got to see more film. It's just there's a lot of, you know, is this a trend or is this a, you know, solidified thing here? Um, San Am Christian, I mean, same thing. I mean, it, you know, you watch that Amity film, it's like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, some experience away from from being a legit state contender. And then you watch the Kennedy film, it's like, well, you know, are they a second-round playoff team? Yeah, no, that's true. And we're going to be able to find out a lot about Cascade Christian this next week. I mean, them hosting Marist at home is a big game. That's that's a tell-all game for both. You know, if Marist, oh, absolutely. If Marist runs up the score on Cascade Christian, they're, they're a semifinal team in 4A without a doubt. Oh, no, um, absolutely. If Cascade Christian can not even necessarily win the game, because I think Marist is probably more talented. Um, but if Cascade Christian can, you know, play it tough the entire game and do a lot of things that just evident of a contender um you know i mean they're a top three team for sure right now we have them at three but i mean there are a lot of teams beneath them that we'll get to here in a second that are just you know they're chomping at the bit um same thing for sandy i'm christian there's just a lot of 
you know, part of this is going off reputation. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, yeah. Um, you know, Sandam Christian, you know, like I said, in the Kennedy game, there's a lot you look at and you scratch your head, but you also know that, okay, they weren't completely healthy. They are coached by one of the best coaches in the state. Um, you know, COVID issues on the other side, you're, you're, you're projecting here that if a top 10 is a, who has the best odds to win the state title, I think Sandam Christian at four makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And unfortunately though, we're not going to be able to really tell how good Sandam Christian improves until they play junction city in the middle of October and then Sayusla in late October. But even junction city might be a weird one because that's true. I've had there, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's junction city is a juggernaut there. They are a sleeper team right now. But I mean, you know, how, how much is COVID going to play a factor? Because for some teams, you know, I've no, I know COVID has just, you know, well, COVID could happen to any, I don't know how it's going to work in the playoffs, but you know, my opinion, I think Rainier is high and largely the best team in the state by a large margin. But I mean, what happens if they get COVID? Right. Yeah. Like what happens if they get COVID in the first round, even. I, that that's a bridge I don't even want to think about yet. If I'm being, I know, but it's just it's just it's unfortunately the reality. Like some teams are going to have to face, and I'm sure it's going to happen to someone one to six a. And I, I mean, I mean, if you look at it this way, you do have a scenario where we're going into state semifinals, and let's just say on one side of the bracket you have our top four. So you have Rainier and Sandy Christian. You have Sayus Long Cascade playing yeah. each other in the state semis. You do have a scenario in which let's say you know Rainier gets COVID. And Sandyam Christian is just put in the state title game a week out. And Sayusla and Cascades don't have to play each other. And Sandyam Christian just has two weeks yeah. to prepare for either one. You know, sprinkle in stuff in, in Scout D and Scout O that for both. So essentially they have a week and a half of practice for both. Yeah, and it's going to be really Sandy easy. Christian, Sandyam Christian might be the fourth most talented team in that group. They might be the second most talented team, whatever. But if they have an extra you know, whatever hours break down, if they have an extra three or four hours to practice for whatever opponent they're going to have, that could end up winning them a state title. Absolutely. And I, and I know I did say I really like Rainier, but they still have um, two big games left on their schedule. Like Banks is going to be a big game, but the biggest one is at Warrington. That's going to be a huge game and weird stuff happen at the coast. It's a big rivalry game. The two teams do not like each other. So I know Warrington is on the outside looking in, so to say, of the four we have kind of solidified, but that's maybe a game that, that they could try and take over Rainier. Well, I wouldn't even say solidified. You know, we, we got the top four, you know, quote unquote solidified there, but I mean, it wouldn't take a whole lot from Warrington or Amity to jump in there again. You know, Amity was at four last week, um, but just a know, tough defensive game. I mean, they didn't necessarily play a terrible offensive game. But it was just a tough defensive game that I mean, to figure out. The thing about that Amity Rainier game, and and you know, maybe this is my Amity alumnus poking out here, but Amity moved the ball. They did. And, and after the first quarter, I mean it was a you know pretty close game. It was just, you know, <laughs> Rainier runs three plays and scores three touchdowns. You yeah, know, that's, that's a problem. You dig yourself a three score hole in the matter of about six minutes. It's and if they meet again, that's not going to happen, obviously. Rainier's not going to score 57 if they meet again. Will no, Amity, Amity was shooting gaps, trying to trying to stop the diesel before it got started, and they just shot the wrong gaps at the wrong times. And that part of that's just luck. That's true. Do they meet again? Do I think Rainier wins? Yes, but I do not think they win 57-22. I did not think it was going to be as much of a track meet as it was. And part of that was because Rainier just you know scored three times in the first quarter. Yeah, well, it's going to be very interesting to me. I mean, can they do that against Banks? Because if they do that against Banks, if they're able to score 30-plus at Banks, I mean, that's a, that's a number for me. If they score 30-plus at Banks, like you said earlier, I'm not really sure if they're ever going to score under 30 this whole season. But, I mean, getting back on track, we do have Warrington at five. And we, yeah, had, them, yeah. we had them at six last week, and I'm, I don't even think they played this week. But they didn't. They Their game with Milwaukee – or Culver got canceled and then try to play Milwaukee that got canceled too. But I mean, so, so we're going off their latest film, which is against Hepner. watching that Amity Rainier film and watching that Warrington Hepner film, you know, I feel comfortable putting Warrington ahead of Amity. Um, you know, if you're asking me to compare someone like Warrington and Sandy, i Christian, I think Warrington is Sandy, I'm Christian light in a lot of senses. I think they can go vertical on you. I think they got a quarterback that can move and, and oh no, they do. I think they can do a lot of things if they matched up with Amity that would give Amity fits. I think Amity's yeah. 
front six defensively would have a heyday um, getting into Horty Bowden Bowden's face. But I think Horty Bowden Bowden would be able to get the ball in the air. And he had looks against Hepner. I mean, there was a lot of space for both teams in that game. That just I wasn't, mean, that didn't end up happening. It, it doesn't take a lot for Warrington to win that game. And if Warrington beats probably the first or second best team in 2A at their place, we're talking about Warrington being a top three team right now, which they probably are. There's just not enough film to say that definitively right now. Yeah, and it's going to be good to see how they compete against Sutherland. Now, you want to talk about a team who's really on the outside looking in, that's Sutherland. So it'll be interesting to see what both those teams do on Friday. So, and yeah, beneath beneath Warrington at five, I I took a cop out. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I took a cop out here. The next three teams are Amity, Junction City, and South Umpqua, and I have them all tied at six. Um, And it's a cop out. I mean, I'll be honest, because watching the Amity Rainier game, I only have one film of Junction City and the South Umpqua film I have is, you know, we were talking about some of the games that Seaside's had at a certain point, you don't learn a lot, you know, so at a certain point, it's so lopsided that you can't really tell in, in the margin of difficulty, what exactly South Umpqua is doing, you know, what they're doing on the film or on the field, you can see, and it makes sense, but it's hard to tell what that looks like against an opponent that isn't three yards away when they catch the football, it's a couple feet away. That's fair. Um, I'm going to take a guess and say you have Philom with at nine. No, I do not. Where do you have them at? I'll get to that in a minute, but I, I just want to talk about Genesis city. If you hear from it, Junction city, if they, if Junction city is, is as good as I think they are. I think they're at the top of this tied for six list. But there's just so little film on right on right now. It's hard to tell. I mean, really, right now, if you're talking about the top four, Rainier, Sayusla, Cascade, and, and SC, those last two spots between Cascade and SC, they have right now. But in a week, with uh, with film coming in, Warrington and Junction City could take those spots instantly. Because there's just so much potential with, with teams like Junction City and South Umpqua and, and, and Warrington that – just any film whatsoever that just shows shows something special, and they're in there. There's just not a lot to go yeah, well, on. That's, that's what I was going to say about South Umqua and Philomath is that they play this week. So if South Umqua finds a way to blow out Philomath at home, I mean, and then the film looks good, they could skyrocket. And honestly, in, in Philomath, I have right now and considered they're not they're on the outside looking in, but not impressed with the Woodburn film. No, I no, I I liked what they did. Um, I thought they did a lot that was good. This isn't your, you know, this isn't the Philomath of the last two or three years. This is a different Philomath. Um, their their running back is bouncy. Um, they're fun to watch. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they went down to South South Umpqua and competed the whole game. Maybe yeah. even won it. Um, but right now between Vale and the Pine, who I have at nine and ten respectively. They have not necessarily shown more, but I feel like if they matched up with Philomath right now, I'd pick them to win, if that makes sense. Sure. And for Lapine, going on the road and beating Dayton by 21 is pretty respectable, especially after they competed with Cassidy Christian for the first half and barely lost to Vale on the road. I mean, they're definitely flying a little under the radar, so I like them in the top 10. Well, well and the only reason that Vale is ahead of Lapine is because they did win that matchup. You know, it, it was a it was a six point win for Vale that came down to the final minutes. You know, yeah. so I mean, you could easily put Lapine and Vale tied at nine. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it really wouldn't be that hard to do. It's just you know, Vale gets the nod because they won. But you know, going this is what impresses me about Lapine going on the road and putting thirty seven points on Dayton. Dayton is a pretty sound defensive team. They are. You know, Jacob Peterson is one of the better defensive coaches in 3A. <laughs> going on, going to his place and putting up 37 points is is pretty darn impressive. And holding them to 16 points is is doubly impressive. So, keeping Lapine at 10, I don't think is a controversial, and I don't think it's wrong. You know, picking picking Lapine to beat Philomath right now, I think is a not a safe bet, but I think it's the right bet. You know, if it was sure. played at Philomath and the atmosphere that that place can hold, okay, maybe Philomath wins that but you know i think the top 10 right now in 3a is pretty solidified it's just what order you put them in 
No, I completely agree. Um, who do you have in consider? I, I got Fulham with Burns and Sutherland. I was gonna say I really, I really like Burns. I think they're under the radar, and I really, I really like Tiller. No, I agree. I, I do too. It's just a situation where, you know, I know what I'm getting with with Vale and the Pine. I know what I'm getting with Amity and and Sayusla. I'm not entirely sure what I'm getting with Burns. It's just, it's just a, it's just a need to see it kind of situation, you know. And that's why they're in considers because if they win their next two games by fifty, which I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but you know, if they start, that won't happen. I play with hold up, but I mean, if they start, if they start to show stuff on film that's just, oh yeah, they're a top ten team without a doubt. Yeah, maybe they do bounce Vale or Lapine. Well, they play Vale last week of the season, and I know I'm free to go to it. That's probably something I'll end up being at. If if the matchup turns out to be something that's big, I mean, if Burns goes to – they go to LeGrand on the first, they can compete with LeGrand. They're going to beat Ontario. They're going to beat Nyssa. They're going to beat Baker. So that game against Vail is going to be for the league championship, whether they get blown out really by LeGrand or not. And if it comes to it, um, that might be an interesting matchup to go to. I, I mean, I'm you know, it's week four of the season. They've only played one game. I'm not going to say right now they're going to beat Nissa. They're going to beat Baker. But, I mean, they, you know, right now, if I was picking those games, I'd probably pick them to win. I, I don't know about that Baker game. That might be closer than you're saying it's going to be. But, you know, we're, we're not picking whatever week that is, six or seven. We're not, we're not picking that's that true. right now, thankfully. That's true. That's fair. I, if I had to pick right now, though, I would pick Burns to win all those games that I mentioned besides LeGrand and Vail by – 14 to 21. And it it wouldn't surprise me if they did, you know, and then the other, the last team and considered is, is Sutherland. And and I don't put an order to considered because, you know, I try to avoid inadvertently ranking an 11, a 12 and a 13. Um, But I mean, if I had to put an 11, 12 and a 13 this week, it would be Fulham with Burns and Sutherland, the the order I put it in here, because, um, you know, I think it's, Pretty fair to say Flumoth is the first in. Burns, we're just waiting to see, but they're probably the second in. And then Sutherland right now, I don't want to say they're kind of a wild card, but they are, you know, those games that it's so lopsided, you're not sure what you can pull from it. You know, between Phoenix and that Valley Catholic game, the the Oakland game and the first half of the Valley Catholic game, not the second half, but the first half, you can pull f- stuff from. And the Oakland game, you could see that, there was something here that they knew what they were doing. And, and what I compare this to is, is like 2016 Amity where you don't necessarily have all the talent in the world, but you know, your system so well, you know what you're doing so well that you can play a team that's equally as talented or, you know, close to talented and pull out the win. Um, and that Valley Catholic game, you know, I like what Valley Catholic's going to be in a couple of years. I don't like what they are now. Um, but still to win 46, 18, I get, I get it at home and that's a long drive from Beaverton to, to Sutherland, but that, that's still impressive. And watching the game, it, it was pretty darn impressive. So, I, you know, I'm not going to put all my chips on Sutherland yet. Um, but, I mean, they're one of those teams that if they go on the road and play Junction City in the first round, they might give them a stiff challenge, you know? Well, yeah, as I was mentioning, with them playing Warrington this week, is they are a sleeper. I mean, they there is a chance they go up to Warrington and win. I, I'm not, I'm not, we're talking, gonna, about I'm, we're talking about a chance here. We're not saying it's yeah. likely or probable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're asking me to put a chance on it, what Sutherland has to be Warrington and it's not an indictment against Sutherland. It's just, you know, we really like Warrington. I, I'd say Sutherland has a probably one in four chance to win that game. Um, You know, and, and it's in, if I had to guess, if you're asking, I would, I would agree with you. Especially with the on the road. I mean, if you're asking me how Sutherland wins that game, it's between the tackles. I, I don't think they can get into yes. a track meet with Warrington and win that. No, I, not with a quarterback that Bowden Bowden is. Yeah. So, I mean, Sutherland has a chance. You know, they're well coached. They, they solidified. The, the, the important thing with Sutherland is it's an established program. And Warrington, as much as they've been good the last couple of years, I'm not sure we can put that tag to them yet. Um, you know, they got some really, really talented players. They're well coached. It's just, you know, it's just a difference of time and, and experience. Um, so I think Sutherland has a chance. Um, I mean, we're not going to pick them, but I think there's a chance here. Yeah, and finally, my last thing for three is on the outside of the considered looking in is a great matchup between Blanchett and Dayton. I mean, you got to think the winner probably sneaks their way into considered, and that's an interesting matchup to see 
how both teams can compete because I think it's going to be a really, really close game. So, yeah, I mean, the only reason that Dayton isn't in considered right now is, be- is because Lapine beat him so handily. And so yeah. we can say that there is a defined, you know, Lapine is a very defined number 10. And if Lapine is your very defined number 10, then Dayton probably isn't in that next category. You know, True. But- and on the same, same side, if Philomath goes and beats South Umqua, then you got to put Blanchett up because they barely lost right yeah yeah i agree and and blanchett i mean the one thing you always know about blanchett is they're going to be able to play pretty well against everybody and so you know i that dayton game right now just eyeballing it you you know you got two defensive oriented programs running you know not the same wing t but it is wing t um you know i wouldn't be surprised if that game is like 14 to 10 or, yeah, I mean, it's like or, or even if it's single digits both ways, if it's eight to six, I would not be surprised. It's genuinely asking Siri to flip a coin. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to pick, I'm not going to say who I'm picking right now because I got to do a little bit more digging on that game. I'm just eyeballing it right now. But yeah, I mean, I, that that's a very, very good matchup that neither team will be ranked, but we'll have our eye on very closely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go. Uh, Two A, two A. Yeah, let me pull it up real fast. This is going faster than I thought it would. Um, all right, and then last but not least, here we got we got two A. Um, I you know, there's a lot of different ways you could go beneath Kennedy, but I think it's pretty fair to say Kennedy's number one. I really don't think that's controversial. Um, no, it, it's not. No, I mean you could make an argument for someone like Coquille to be tied there, even though they have a they didn't play this week. Um, and they won't, I don't think, this week either. Um, but I mean the thing about Hepner is is outside, you know, they played three games. Outside of the Warrington game, which is one of the more explosive offenses in three A, they haven't given up a point. Um on the same side though, the offense is not been rolling at the clip they usually roll at. That's that's where I was gonna go. You know, you know, you don't have Jaden Wilson anymore. You don't have some of the players that they had last year that made them so incredibly explosive. Um like we know Kennedy can score. And so with them, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And with them playing this week, it's 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 really the question of if Hepner can score 25, because I, I think I think Kennedy's going to be in the 25s to 30s. So here's the thing with 4A, and, and here's my here's my rationale for having Hepner at two. And, and tell me if I'm off base here. In 3A and 4A, you have a lot of defined values. Like I know I know generally what Cascade is. I know generally what what um, Sayuslaw is at 3A. I know for sure Marshfield at 4A what they are. I don't know exactly what Monroe is. I don't know exactly what Bandon is. I don't know exactly what Gaston is. Just watching them, you know, watching their games. I I generally know what I'm getting from Hebner. Even if it's not what Hebner has been in the last couple of years, I know what they are. That's a, that's a very fair point. And so, you know, it's it's like a couple of years ago, not really knowing what the Pac-12 North is, but picking Stanford to be second or third. You just you just know because how well coached they are. They're going to be in the mix every game. Absolutely. So, so I think Hebner at two is fair. I don't think they've given any reason to move them out. Um, and especially with them being the defending state champions, it's a spot they have to lose, really. Well, and it's not even that. It's It's the product on the field this year is a top four team for sure. Um, and there's just so many unknowns with like Coquille didn't play this week. There's not a whole lot to go off of with Coquille other than Gunnery Leeds is an absolute beast. There's not a whole lot to move off of with, with Bandon because what can you really get from a game with real river, you know, off of film, um, for our, for our devices, not necessarily Bandon's coaches devices. Um, but sometimes it can be hard to triangulate there. And, and I think Hepner is not necessarily a completely defined value, but I think they're generally, I, you know, ask 10 coaches where they put Hebner. I think Hebner is always in the top two 
Yeah, no. And speaking about Coquille, I mean, the COVID thing really hits them hard because if they don't beat Bandon, which is a rival game, it could be really close. If they don't beat Bandon or Bandon doesn't beat them, one of those teams is going to be the eight seed or somewhere down in there going to have to travel to face a Kennedy or Hefner in the quarters, assuming they get there. If you end up with a Coquille versus Hefner in the second round, I don't. I don't care which one of us goes. Whether it's you, me, John, someone's going. No, oh, absolutely. I. I want to see Gunner. It'd be a hell of a drive for oh, somebody. Be, but oh God, it'd be hellacious for one of us. It'd be horrible for you. You <laughs> because because of your location, you're probably knocked out. It's either me or Johnny, probably. But um, you know that that's that is a second round matchup that in any other year probably happens in the semis. Sometimes even state. The title game. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got Coquille at three and four. We didn't move them. You know, they're still three and four respectively, but it, it's really hard to differentiate because Coquille, you don't have the film on. Monroe, you have the film on, but you can't really pull a lot. You know they're both really, really good, but you don't know. You can't say for sure. So if you flipped Coquille and, and Bandon for me, or excuse me, they're at three and five. If you flipped Coquille and Bandon and put Monroe in the middle there and and or even shuffled those three around, I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah. But just looking at what they have right now, I think that's probably the most accurate way to put them because if you're asking me Coquille versus Monroe, I'm probably picking Coquille right now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, I mean, the top five hasn't really moved at all. It's Kennedy, Hebner, Coquille, Monroe, Bandon. Um, beneath that, there's a little bit of movement. Um, you know, Gaston stays at six, but now we got Jefferson tied with him. Um, you know, Gaston went on the road and beat the, you know, took Taft behind the woodshed. Um, but, you know, it's, it's another one. I keep saying this. It's another one of those games. I'm not sure how much you can pull from. No, you're right. And it's going to be really, really interesting later on to see Jefferson and Monroe play. I I I can't wait for that game. Jefferson is so explosive. They're both going to be undefeated when that game comes, assuming Monroe beats Toledo this week, which they should. They're both going to be six oh, and yeah. nine, and that's going to be that's going to be a huge game. That Monroe versus Toledo game could be really really low scoring. Like, well, yeah, I mean, Toledo and Toledo's not a bad team. They're zero and three, but they faced three decent teams the last three weeks and lost by not a lot each time. They're one of the best 0-3 teams you'll ever see. Oh, God, yeah. Genuinely. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't want to say they're the same as Marshfield from about 2019, but Marshfield in 2019 when they went and played Banks in the first round and ended up the 16th seed, I think they started the season 0-3 or 1-4 or something like that, and they ended up making the playoffs. But I don't want to say it's that kind of situation, but, you know, well, it's set up Toledo's to one of those teams that's going to make the playoffs. So. Yeah, well, it's looking like they'll lose their first four and win their next five. I mean, that's how it's that's how it's looking to unless Oakland beats them. I mean, if they lose to Oakland, they'll be zero and five. At that point, they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think unless they were really lucky to get in that large from RPI. I, I mean, you know, they were really, you know, but in the same league as Lowell and Oakland, that that could be difficult. But but I mean, you know, I mean, they did a lot of really really good things about against Hebner. I mean, that's the thing. They they looked good to, at times against Hebner and Napa uh, and even Jefferson. I mean, they they led Jefferson late into that game. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, if they end up playing, I don't, you know, maybe not Coquille, but if they end up, if they end up in a really tight game with Monroe this week and they end up playing them in the second round or, you know, end up in the first and, and they're not going to play Monroe in the first because of, you know, league versus league rules, but I wouldn't put it past them to beat Gaston. Yeah. If they ended up matching up with them in the first round. So, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's like Henley, you got to watch their matchups really close because they could be a matchup nightmare for somebody. That's very true. Um, Where do we hold off? Gaston. Anyway, Gaston at six and Jefferson at six. Tied at six. They're two very, very, very different teams. You know, no Jefferson case. is ridiculously explosive at times. Um, they are underappreciated by some people, I think. Um, Gaston is super in your face. I mean, they are going to run down your throat if they can. Um, I, they're one of my favorite teams to watch. Um, being completely transparent, they're one of my favorite teams to watch here. Um, I don't know if they can compete with someone like Kennedy, or excuse me, not Kennedy, uh, Coquille. 
Um, we know they can't really stay on the same field with Kennedy for long. We have that result in hand, but you know, maybe their cap is a semifinal run if they end up with bad matchups. Um, but I mean, they're still a really, really solid team, you know? And so I think it's fair to have them and Jefferson tied at six for right now until someone can differentiate. They're just two very, very different teams right now. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Oakland to eight. I think that's a fair place to have them. Um, you know, there's a lot you like on film. There's a lot that you kind of question, but Oakland, you know, if you're asking me, you know, and this is part of the litmus test on who gets put ahead of two ahead of who you're asking me Oakland versus Western McEwen right now. I'm probably picking Oakland. You're asking me Oakland versus Regis right now. I'm probably picking Oakland. Now Regis is looking better than I thought they would at this point, but I think Oakland at eight right now until they do something catastrophic is, is a pretty fair place to put them. I think they're, they're a solid playoff team right now with potential really high upside. Yeah, no, I agree with that about that with Oakland completely. And they've proven they've had the defense to keep in games. It just seems like it's an offensive thing for them. And usually offense gets a lot better as defense does. So it'll be interesting to see what they can string together as the season continues. Still got a few big games. They still got Jefferson. They still got Toledo. They still got Monroe. So it's an over the season type thing with them. I think that's that's the thing that just needs to be monitored. Um, yeah, you know, M- Marshfield right now is they're at their apex. It's just if they decline a little bit, you know, I I honestly don't know how much better Marshfield could get. Um, but Oakland, Oakland, if you know they they could explode here. West McEwen at nine and Regis at ten. I think you could flip those if you wanted to. Um, I wouldn't argue with that. Like I said, Regis looks better than we thought they would. Um, at, at least at this point, I think, you know, in our preview, we had them as a potential top 10 team. Um, just had to see things happen. Salem Academy has been, you know, not as explosive as I thought they'd be. Um, and Regis most definitely highlighted that this week. Um, so, so then you end up with a considerative and I, you know, in contrast to three, a, I definitely would not put this as an, as an 11, 12, 13 situation. Salem Academy, Napa, Lowell, Glide, Sanium, and Lakeview in the considered category. I'm not sure how I would order those teams, if I'm being completely honest. Those are teams that were discussed at 10. That's why they're in the considered category. But I, I, I don't know where I would put them, if I'm being completely honest. There's a lot of unknowns there. Yeah, two teams that you mentioned that I'm interested in is Weston McEwen. I mean, they have Hepner at home and Stanfield next week. Them, watching them play Stanfield next week will be a real will be a telltale sign to see if they can compete with Hepner. Because there's no doubt in my mind that Weston McEwen's gonna blow out Irrigan, Riverside, McLaughlin, and most likely Grant Union, who just struggled with Lost River. So it looks like, I mean, I mean, there's a chance Weston McEwen could shake a lot of stuff up if they're able to compete with Hepner. And it's yeah. a game at home. And I mean, anything we, we, you go first. We keep stepping on each other. Oh, that, that, that's all I had to say about Weston McEwen first. Yeah. I mean, Weston McEwen, we, we kind of know what they are. Um, you know, they're going to beat your brains out if they get the chance. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to project Eastern Oregon teams sometimes to the West um, if they haven't had a whole lot of cross matchups. I mean, that, that's about as far as we can go with Weston McEwen right now is having them at, uh, um, having them at nine. And I agree. And then my next thing I was going to talk about was Lakeview. I'm really interested in Lakeview to see if they can compete with Bandon. I watched that game last year or last spring. Hard to hold anything against anyone from the spring. But if Lakeview plays that game like they did, I mean, Lakeview has a chance to go undefeated, man. Yeah. I mean, simply because of the forfeit from Coquille. That's true. And that, that forfeit's going to carry them a long way. Like for if they, if they beat Bandit, I guess they got settled in the next week, but if they found a way to go and have one loss, that win against Coke Hill is going to boost them into the top five. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get two home games if they win. Oh yeah. If they can find a way to beat Bandon, they're top five for sure. If they lose to Bandon and beat Sutherland, they're still they're probably gonna, top five, but not a home game. They're going to, well, they're probably going to get a home game regardless. I mean, if they just don't fumble the ball and lose to someone like Illinois Valley, they're, they're fine. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how their schedule kind of holds up too, because they have an extra win over like some other teams. Like they got the forfeit win from Saturday, the 18th and the victory from the 17th. 
Yeah, I mean, it is that legal to hold up because I mean, it's a forfeit? Well, it, well, yeah. I mean, it's going to go in as a forfeit, but I mean, we had it predicted. I think we had Coquille winning by three scores, and that's fair. So, I mean, it it it's one of those. It you know, it, it's a hell of an upset <laughs> for Coquille to develop COVID because we would not have picked Lakeview to win that at all. No, and Coquille is going to do very, very well in their remaining games. So I mean, they're only going to boost Lakeview's RPI. Like, yeah, like you go. Sorry, but but it's a situation where that's maybe you know normally if you're looking at this from the outside, that's maybe a 10, 11, 12 seed that could end up a six or five seed because of who they accidentally kind of beat. Um. Oh yeah, and you know they're partying. You know they're partying down there. I mean, that's a that's a huge forfeit, like lucky, luck of the draw type win. And right now, you can see they're number one in the RPI. That's going to have a hard time changing for as long as Coquille and Bandit win, regardless of what happens with Bandit, because it's on the road at Bandit. So a loss doesn't even hurt them as much if Bandit keeps winning. Yeah, which that's a Saturday game. I I might need you to go to that. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's an it is an interesting matchup. I'm really curious to see how both teams compete there. I mean, that's going to be a tell-all game for our top five in a lot of ways because if Lakeview ends up winning that, or even if they end up winning that going away, you know, Bandit's only at number five right now for us, but that might shake up a lot of things above them because we'd have to call into question: What do we think of Coquille? What do we think of Monroe? What do we, you know, yeah. other things? Well, if Lakeview goes and beats Bandit, then there's setting themselves up to, I mean, there is a chance if Lakeview beats Bandon and they find some other way to win tough games like against Sutherland, Glide, they could be the number one team in the state within the, in the OSA rankings. I'm not going to go that far. No, I'm saying if they beat, if they beat Bandon and they beat Sutherland, they will be the number one team in the OSA rankings. I, I don't know about that. Kennedy, I, if, okay, Kennedy goes undefeated, Lakeview goes undefeated. Kennedy's going to get the number one seed because they already beat Gaston. Gaston's going to win their league. They already beat St. Am Christian. St. Am Christian is going to win their league, and they're a classification above. They, They're not going to. Wait, wait, hold on. You're gonna, you think St. Am Christian is going to beat Sayusla? Okay, never mind. They're going to be second in their league. But but if they beat Hebner this week, they're going to have the number one in the, in the East too. They're going to beat if they beat San Am. San Am is going to be a playoff team. If they beat Regis, Regis is a playoff team. If they beat Salem Academy, Salem Academy is a playoff team. So if you know Kennedy goes undefeated, Kennedy is the number one seed. I don't think it's even close. But yes, Lake- I don't think it is either. I'm just saying what I think the USA will be because they're already number one, having played one Oregon team. I, yeah, Lakeview, if they go undefeated, will probably be a top five team in rankings. Will they be a top five team in our rankings? Probably not. But will they be a top five team in the RPI Collie combo rankings that end up putting together our playoff brackets? Yes. No question. Yeah. So, and, and it's nothing against, you know, we don't have any standing beef with Lakeview or anything like that. It's just, you know, that's just how we see things right now. It's also very hard to watch Lakeview. No offense to Lakeview. They're like Burns. They are two hours, three hours from everybody. And and film can only tell you so much, right? You got to see some stuff in person. Well, even, even like you who is in K falls, even if I wanted to send you to a Lakeview game, they haven't played a home game yet. Well, yeah. The highway to Lakeview is now closed because of fire. So it's a three hour drive instead of like two. It's it's just it, and we're only in week four. That's part of the thing too. These rankings don't become solidified and super knowledgeable, especially at the two A level. Like four A right now, we we kind of know what we got. Three A, we kind of know what we got. Two A, the state is so spread out. There's so many different things to pay attention for. It's really hard to know until you get to about week week seven or eight. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So, but I, I feel pretty good with what we have. What uh, what would Mister Roth change? In any um, classification. Not really much that I'd change, to be honest. I mean, everything we've talked about, I pretty much agree with. Um, I really don't. Maybe Amity a little lower. but And maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I, I really like Monroe, too. I mean. It's just hard to tell with Monroe. I, I do want to say this real fast, just about Sayusla. I'm I'm you and I have talked about this before. You're not yeah. as high on Sayusla as I am. I, I mean that's that's public knowledge at this point. Watching that Sayusla sisters game, you're gonna think I'm being a homer for Sayusla, even though I have no no investment to Sayusla whatsoever. 
watching that Sayusla Sisters game, Sisters is better than people give them credit for. Sisters actually does a lot of things that are that you like on film. They move incredibly quickly. They know what they're doing. They're fast to the point. Um, they just can't quite put things together. But Sayusla, God, they took him behind the woodshed. Like I don't know, I don't know what kind of impact this is going to have on your thinking of Sayusla, but you watch that game between Sayusla and Sisters. Sisters is better than you think. Um, we're not going to put them anywhere near the top 10 because I don't think they're a top 10 or top 10 considered team. But in, in that league, it's even harder to tell because they're going to be playing guys like Junction City and South Lampqua and, and you know, those kind of teams. But if they were in a league, if they were in Rainier's league, for example, I think they're a 500 team. So you just played Rainier's league? No, no, no. Uh, Sisters. Sisters. Well, yeah, no kidding. The bottom half is pretty much uncompetitive. But as an outsider looking in on Sayusla, and I will admit, I do not know nearly as much about Sayusla as I do Rainier. All that's screaming out to me in that potential Rainier Sayusla matchup is 2018 Cascade Christian Rainier. Yes and no. And and here's the thing, and, and this is I've been debating this for days now between Sayusla and Rainier. I really do think they're the best two teams in the state right now. I think SC and CC have an argument to make, but I really think it's Sayusla and Rainier. The I'm thing about, that to CC. Yeah, I know. And CC has an argument to make, and I, and I think they're really talented, and, and obviously they're well-coached. But it's, it's, I really think Sayusla is just on a different level than, than CC right now. The thing about – and I, we had them at six a couple of weeks ago because they – you know, COVID canceled and, and all that kind of stuff. We just didn't, didn't have film. Sayusla caught me by surprise in this respect. Sayusla, for the last couple of years, has been running split back fear, right? They went back to their classic, you know, two split backs, two tight ends, all that kind of stuff, and, and, and running the veer traditionally. You know, they had some really, really skilled players, but they were a run-first team. This is not your dad's Sayusla. This is a full-on spread offense, no tight end, they are throwing it all over the yard and they have the players to do it. When they do go run, when they do run, it's straight up read option and they can do it really, really well. And that could give Rainier trouble. And we saw that against Hidden Valley two years ago. Now the difference between obviously Sayusla and Hidden Valley is that Hidden Valley had generational talents behind behind center and had D1 talent spread out wide, which Sayusla just doesn't have to the extent Hidden Valley does. And Rainier was close in that game. And Rainier obviously isn't the same team they were two years ago. But the diesel held up with the spread option or the spread for a long, long time. I mean, they were a touchdown away in the second half from changing that game. And honestly, okay, so yeah, if you're going, if you're comparing this Rainier team to the Rainier team that played Hidden Valley, and you're comparing this Sayusla team to Cascade Christian in 2018 and Hidden Valley in 2019. What this Sayusla team can do, I think, because part of the part of the problem with that Cascade Christian team that played Rainiers, they were they were really hurt by injuries. That's true. They hobbled into that state title game. This that's Sayusla, true. It would have obviously been a much different game if they were healthy. It would have been much closer. This Sayusla yes. team compared to that Cascade Christian team that played in the final, not the not the team that played in the semis, but the team that played in the final, I think is more balanced run pass. Um, this Sayusla team, I think, is a lot, I don't want to say tougher, but I think harder hitting on defense. This Sayusla team, it's hard to say. I, I don't think, you know, it's not to say that Sam Johnson isn't a good coach, but the thing that Cascade Christian has over Sayusla, that Cascade Christian team, is that John Getman had been there. He'd been in state title games before. That's the one thing that this Sayusla team doesn't have. Now, comparing that Hidden Valley team to the Sayusla team, yeah, you don't have Sam Vidlak. You don't, you don't have the plethora of receivers they have. You don't have that. You don't have the outright speed. But the quarterback that Sayusla is boasting right now, he can throw. He can really throw. He, he's, he's a darn good player. And you know when they do need to go veer, they go back to it. And he can run it. And, and this, is, this is a Sayusla team that... <sighs> If that if Junction City walks into that game against them rusty, they might take the Tigers behind the woodshed. I'm being completely serious. That's it's, fair. 
And, but like you mentioned with the coaching staff, the players, I mean, they haven't been a part of the big moment. Like you have the Cascade Christians and Rainiers and San Antonio Christians who have been around here in the semi range for four years. I mean, these kids have been in the big moments, the big games. They've been freshmen learning from the the older kids. Sorry. Some, some even like freshmen like Kenny Tripp have played in the big games. You don't have that with the Sayusla kids right now. And not to say they wouldn't go out there and absolutely kick kick the other team's ass, but as of right now, they they just do not have that experience. And I it's, a different, it's a different environment in the playoffs, right? And, and I don't disagree, but sometimes your talent is just so overwhelming that that doesn't matter. Like that Hidden Valley team that played in the state final in 2019 hadn't been past the first round of the playoffs. Their freshman year, they had almost been winless. That's true. Like, like sometimes it just doesn't matter. And I'm not saying Sayusla is as, as talented as that, as that Hidden Valley team. I'm not well, saying that. Obviously not. Yeah. Obviously not. But I am saying that of the teams that are in 3A right now and what they look like, I think Sayusla is the team that could out-talent people. Yeah, and like we said with Rainier and Sayusla being at the top, it would almost be criminal to see neither of them make the semis. So I think the opportunity is there for both of them, clearly. Now, I really hope it doesn't end up where Sayusla somehow gets a four seed and Rainier gets a one or they both get the two, three. I'd love to see them face off in the state title game because I do agree that they're the best two teams. But you just never know what to expect with the OSA rankings. You just never know. I mean, it is. it would be – this is the thing. Sayusla is pretty easy to root for, but it would be – and this is similar to 2019, it would be hard to stomach a 4A team winning a 3A title. That's fair. That's fair. But whoever, if, if for some reason, Rainier and Sayusla end up facing off in the semis, the other semifinals got to be jumping for joy because the winner of that, the winner of that game, or the, I, I mean, the winner, the, the two teams in that game, same challenge they would with one playing Rainier and the other playing Sayusla. It's almost like you feel like you that makes sense. It's almost like you stole a spot in the state final. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But, but and I, mean, I don't think you got it. But I mean, you got it. No worries. Yeah, the, the Rainier, comparing the Rainier teams, just to wrap this up, the 2019 Rainier team, I actually think this Rainier team might be better. And, and I know that's saying something because they don't have Easton Crape anymore. They don't have some of the linemen that they had back then. But this skill position group is really, really, really good. Stoneware right now is dark horse leader right now for state player of the year. That's true. And it's you know what to expect. Like every single year, you know Rainier is going to be a quarterfinal team. It's and it's because of their system. It works. And Amity is typically the same way. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Amity made the quarters this year. Their system works. It works at the 3A level. And we know that no matter who shows up for Rainier, they're going to fill the guy with the spot and be good. The line, like you said, definitely not as good right now as it was in 2019. They're but they're still tall. shoving kids all over the place. Yeah, they're still moving the defensive line back constantly. I mean, and, and the thing is about this Rainier team is I really can't rave about Stoneware enough. And it really is thunder and lightning here because Kenny Tripp doesn't necessarily have the blazing speed that, that Stoneware has, but he will put his shoulders down and push it at anybody, which is he's the most unsuspecting football player you'll ever meet to play in that system. He's perfect for that system, but – you know, if he plays at a 5A school, he may not even make the roster um, because of his frame. But, and that, that's part of the beauty of the diesel. But Stoneware, you know, for those that know Amity football, Logan Grove is not particularly a slow human being. He's pretty darn fast. Wyatt Hatch is a pretty darn fast human being. But Stoneware, after he gets through the line, when he's actively separating as he gets through the secondary and he's creating more space between him and the defenders as he just streaks to the end zone, that's a different kind of speed. And when you have an an offense like the diesel that puts every single defender within a defined box and you allow him to have that kind of space to explode into it, it's really, really, really dangerous because at any snap he could take it to the house. And that's different from a spread because Spread, you got defenders put all over the field. You have opportunities for second and third tacklers to get there. Yeah. 
against against a diesel with him. Wow. You know, and that that's the that's the contrast there between you know what Rainier does in San Diego and, and CC is is I think if they matched up, I I would pick Rainier to beat both right now. Yeah, it's it's just their system. I mean, their system it, it works. The diesel works. It's been proven to work many, many times. I mean, if you're putting that 2019 Rainier team against this Rainier team, I'm picking this Rainier team. That's fair. Um, Rainier team, I wouldn't pick over his 2017. Dawson Carr was just an an absolute animal. That, that's uh, a whole nother rabbit hole that I don't have time to go into right now. But that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for jumping on here with me, Luke. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Miked Up with Mid Major Media. For more 4A through 2A Oregon high school sports content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and visit us at midmajormedia.com.